0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station
1: for all things geek.
2: Welcome to Earth Station 1, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Boys, where have you been? We're just running errands.
0: That's it?
1: I'm really sorry, Splinter. Some of the guys wanted to get pizza, and I tried to talk them out of it.
3: Leo, you ratted us out. Hey,
0: don't use that word that way. I mean, it's it
1: 2023. Sorry,
3: Dad.
0: <coughs>
3: <laughs> <Woo-hoo>! <laughs> hey guys, if we weren't monsters that were shunned by society and we could do what we wanted, ah! what would you guys do? Go to high school?
0: Maybe get a girlfriend? Can you imagine that? Not likely. I'm this is insane. Turtles, meat, and karate teams. Oh, yeah. I want to know everything about you. Our dad is definitely not a giant rat. That makes me feel like he's a rat. God,
3: Police are baffled by the recent crime wave led by a superfly.
0: Nobody's ever seen his face. Why? Because he kills everyone who does. Whoa. Whoa. Oh. No, not cool. A bit cool. Can I you? We take out Superfuck, and then everyone will think we're cool. They'll accept
2: us. Can I cheat? He's making a deal tonight under the Brooklyn Bridge. Can I kick Whoa. Kick, 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 What the? Y'all some little tortoises, huh? I can't believe there are other mutants. You want to roll with us? <laughs> Humans are never going to like us. So we're going to let the mutants rule the earth. People's they got to go. Okay, um, sort of a twist.
3: We can't stop him. We gotta try. Six in the morning, police at my door. Can I shake it? Go, 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 go,
0: go. My son, Michelangelo, you have heart. Donatello, you have wisdom. Raphael, you have bravery. And Leonardo, honor
1: I dream about fighting every night. You've got a rage problem, oh, right? Nah, it's not a problem.
2: Can I Hey there, all you listeners out there, and welcome to another episode. We've got a great one for you tonight. We are talking all about the teenage mutant ninja turtles, mutant mayhem, and it's gonna be a fun one. And you know, This is cool because it's a good restart and we're familiar with the characters already and we've seen probably about 50 zillion reboots over the years and this one actually seemed fresh and clean and was very interesting to come back to and I'm going to be very curious what our co-hosts want to think and you guys at home, we definitely want to hear what you guys have to think. So please. Definitely let us know. If you want, leave us feedback, like and subscribe, like and subscribe, and like and subscribe. As always, you know, let's welcome our movie gal. Ashley Paulis is here.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me back.
2: Are you ready for some pizza and some skateboarding through New York?
1: Oh, always. It's it's always a good time for pizza.
2: It always is. And Mr. Mike Gordon, I know he's never turned down a pizza that he didn't like. Uh, Only if it's
3: got anchovies.
2: Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> Howdy! How are you, my friend? So it's you keen. and Kevin Eldridge would have to have an argument because he
3: loves anchovies. On no, TV. no argument. He can have all the
1: anchovies. <laughs> send him no, his that's, way. That's, that's
3: the that's the beauty of it. No argument. <laughs> that is awesome.
2: So this one's going to be interesting to talk about tonight, and you know, let's dive in with both feet. You know, because I'm very curious what you guys thought about it. I literally. Got back from the movie theater about an hour ago. So I'm going to be curious to see what you guys thought. So, Mr. Mike, take it away.
3: Yeah, this is actually the first time we've ever reviewed a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie uh, on our show. Um, It's the first time I've actually seen a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, um, believe it or not. they have The franchise has a long history. I'm familiar with the comics and some of the TV shows. Uh, We did a spotlight on the whole franchise, but that was... Ooh, uh 2016. So episode 321. That was a long time ago. Lots has changed since then. We also had the privilege of interviewing Kevin Eastman at the SE Comic Con uh, in 2019. So uh, if you want to, you can go check out those uh, shows. I actually strongly recommend, especially the Kevin Eastman interview. That was a lot of fun talking to one of the co-creators. Um, but as far as this one goes, uh, let's get to the box office, um, because we like to start there. Um Robinheimer still is running wild. <laughs> uh, so, um, in fact, uh, Barbie uh, just uh, cleared worldwide a billion dollars. Wow. That's billions with that a big awesome. old pink B. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that's pretty cool. It also was number one for the weekend. Third weekend in a row. I don't know if I see anything stopping it for the rest of the month, actually. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll see, but, um, I mean, they've got a couple of other things that could. Uh, now, Oppenheimer, uh, Oppie came up a little shorter this uh, this week. He used number three. Uh, Meg two jumped in between them. And uh, the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem came in in fourth place. It wasn't a, I don't think it was a, bad weekend for box office for the movie. I'm not sure. I, it was projected around 30. So according to Paramount, Nickelodeon, et cetera, they're pretty happy with 43 million in the United States mm-hmm. of Canada. Yeah. Um, total of 50, a little over 50 million worldwide. So um, that's not too shabby. That's actually on about what the first Spider-Verse movie did a few years ago. So that's that's an optimistic way of looking at that um and uh i don't know i mean there were some people that i talked to uh in that i that i thought would have known better that had no idea this movie was coming out i thought they did pretty good marketing this movie but apparently there was a lot of people who who didn't know it was going to be even coming out so uh and i I think we expect that uh and i think as we've seen with the rest of i mean yeah, the box office has been crazy. I think Disney has failed almost every challenge they've had. I think at the beginning, we predicted that Disney would be in the top, like all their movies would be the top five movies uh, of the summer. And I don't know if any of them will be.
2: Hmm. Probably not. Uh,
3: so, I mean, it looks like Barbie is going to be standing tall. She might even win the year. I mean, that's how, uh, yeah. that's how uh, the pace that she's going at. She could beat Super Mario Brothers.
1: Yeah, I'm not oh. betting against Barbie anymore. I'm pretty sure I blew it on the summer movie preview, <laughs> but I, I think Matt was right. I think it's going to be the movie of the summer and probably the year.
3: Place, place your money on pink, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah that that's that's astounding. Um, so it'll be really interesting to to talk about all of that, of course, when we do our uh, final review of the summer in September. But let's get into the specifics because, as I mentioned, we've covered the franchise on on our station one. We've talked to the co creator, but I don't think Ashley, you were part of any of those discussions. So I'm really I'm really wondering where what your history is with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a whole.
1: Yeah, so this movie wasn't necessarily on my radar at the start of the year. I have. I would say like a decent familiarity with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, growing up Saturday morning cartoons would see some of those episodes was familiar with them in pop culture. But I don't know. Um, like you said, I don't know that I'd ever actually sat down and watched a full length Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, but there was something about the trailer for this one that really caught my attention. And it really is because of that first Spider-Verse film. I was really drawn in by the unique animation And just um, how they had brought that to life, it looked like it was sort of kind of in a similar style as Into the Spider-Verse, but also doing its own thing. And it just looked like kind of a fun little movie. So it became one of the ones that I was definitely on my list to see for the summer. And I walked away really enjoying it. Um, It was nice. Uh, It was about an hour and a half. It was nice seeing something that was just kind of tight and contained. It was fun. I laughed. I really enjoyed the voice work. I thought they did a good job. Um, these seemed like actual teenage characters, like even though obviously you don't see a mutant um human-sized turtle walking around on the street like they felt like realistic, um
3: maybe you don't.
1: Yeah. Well, true, I guess not in Kansas. We do not have giant turtles walking around, but nope. at least not no yet. ooze
3: in the Midwest. Yeah, no,
1: no ooze <laughs> here in Manhattan, Kansas that I have seen. But um, <laughs> It was just, yeah, it was fun. It was one of those feel good ones. Like I was smiling as I watched it. I, um, had fun. I would find myself interested in seeing another one. Like I'll probably watch this one again whenever it, um, hits streaming, but yeah, I just really found myself enjoying it. And I think, uh, I know we talk a lot about there's so many reboots and remakes in Hollywood, but I think this is a good example of one where they took a well-known franchise and did a really nice job with it, and hopefully it can bring some people in. I saw like what looked like parents bringing their kids to the movie, so obviously this was kind of a nostalgic thing for them. And so, yeah, I, I found myself really enjoying this, and I was able to follow along. I'm sure I missed some of the Easter eggs, but... Um, yeah, it was a good time at the movies. My husband was surprised. He asked how many times they said "Cowabunga." I told him I think they only said once. So and it was in
3: like really slow mo. I think. Yes, if I remember yeah. Correctly. So
1: like they used some restraint, but yeah, I thought <laughs> I thought it was a fun movie and really enjoyed the animation and hope hope to see more movies like this one in into the Spider Verse.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually really surprised. I think you're right about uh, Into the Spider Verse changing a lot of people's perceptions because I couldn't recall a time when if animation was or any like comics or anything like that was too stylized, the general public rejected it. Yeah. Uh, They just wanted likenesses to be spot on. They wanted things to look realistic. They wanted, you know, in this, in this movie, uh, the way that the animation is, I mean, straight, there's no such thing as a straight line. Uh, So you've got uh, things that look kind of off putting and offsetting the shading and everything like that. It's, it's very dark. Uh, coloring wise, um, and, uh, I was just really surprised. I mean, I, I, you know, I figured like young, hopefully young people would like it and respond to it, but I'm kind of surprised at how many people that I'm finding are Turtles fans that are embracing this as well. But then again, they're used to, I think every couple of years, this franchise being rebooted at this point because there's been, what is it, like seven TV series now and about six or so movies or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And every few years, it seems like it's reboot being rebooted.
2: No, it's interesting, too, because the, it, it does get rebooted and it's been done in multiple animation styles. It's been comic books have they've killed off some of the turtles and everything, and then brought them back. So it's interesting to see what we've
3: gotten. Wait a minute. It. Wait a minute. Are you saying in a comic related thing, somebody, a character died and then uh-huh. later came back to that life? That never
1: happens. Oh, it that was mean. amazing
2: to see that. <laughs> you know, I was shocked. You know, oh my God. Death is not death in the comics. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was, it was interesting and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot more than I was going in expecting to. I, when I first saw the trailers for this, I was like, oh, really? You know, another Turtles movie? But as I kept on seeing a little bit more and a little bit more, I kept on getting a little more excited about it. And I went in very open-minded. And I think what drew me to it mostly was, you know, the Miles Morales stuff, like we were just talking about, that you had the animation style. And it was very artsy. It was very creative and i like how they tied in realism with it you know ferris bueller and also of course the uh stand-ups of the different chrises and which was fun as heck Um,
1: i I just have to add real quick um it made my heart happy that um this film chose correctly chris pine is the best hollywood chris so i i loved seeing (laughs) some love for my man chris pine in this film
3: of course (laughs) By the yeah. way, by the way, I'm sorry, Mike. I didn't mean we, if we haven't mentioned it already, we will spoil this movie. So if oh, you haven't seen it yet, I don't think we've mentioned anything yet that's too deep of a spoiler, but we will be getting into some, some spoilers, including the end and, and some of the differences between this movie and some of the others and everything like that. So, um, if you haven't seen it, just be warned, um, and, uh, go watch it and then come back and, and check us, uh, check out our review.
2: Yeah, please do. Please, please do. Cause we got a lot to talk about with this and it's interesting. I love the voices. I thought the voices, I thought it was really well done. You know, having real teenagers be the voices. Yeah. It's great. Always hearing, you know, the voices you're familiar with, but it was not, it was really, really well done. It was believable. And I loved how they even gave one of the turtles glasses and, you know, to make it, And, you know, one had a tooth missing and, you know, it was, it was very, very well done. And I liked it. It was believable, not believable as much as walking, you know, six foot turtles are, but, you know, it was, it was just interesting to see. And I liked the characterizations in this. I like that they made April a high school student. I liked, you know, I liked, Jackie Chan as Splinter was awesome. And they even did a lot of his moves as out of a Jackie Chan movie and everything. And it was it was just great. And the villain was great. Superfly. It was just really cool. And I liked that they actually gave the other characters, the sub-characters, you know, life and personalities instead of making them very one-dimensional like they've done in the past. So it was pretty cool.
3: Yeah, um, I um, my history with the franchise. um, I didn't actually watch the cartoon when it first came out. I didn't even read the comic when it first came out. I was that—that's one of my college years, and I was kind of tuned out of a lot of pop culture stuff. So focused on on my studies, we'll say. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't say that with a straight face. But um, but anyway, um, so I had catching up to do. And uh since then I've read the comics. I love the original Eastman and Laird comics. I think anybody who is interested in the turtles of any kind uh should check out that original run by them um I think it is just uh really groundbreaking and it serves as the basis for all the turtle stuff that you see to come um and uh that comes after it anyway um so I like the comic first and foremost. I there was a series that they did, I think it was on Fox, uh Fox Kids in the early 2000s that I really really liked a lot. Uh but as I said, I've never seen any of the the quote-unquote live action movies. I've never seen any of the animated movies. I've never seen any of those. I and I've seen I've checked out various cartoons versions of of them along the way, but this is the first time I've ever seen them on the big screen. And I was pretty excited because I like this franchise overall. I think it's a positive franchise. I think it's a fun franchise when it's done right. Um, And I know people who really love it. And and as familiar with it as I was, there was a lot here that I recognized. There were some things that were different. And maybe if I'd known about those differences ahead of time, I would have been skeptical going in. Like, ooh, I don't know if I'm going to like that change that they made but watching it it felt so you know I know this word is kind of overused these days but it felt so organic it felt like it belonged it didn't feel like it was out of place i really i think you know you guys were saying that what really what really sold you and yes the animation style was really engaging to me um felt youthful it felt energetic it felt like it belonged in this franchise uh mm-hmm. but what also really I responded to was the characterizations. As you pointed out, Mike, I think it was, they made each one of the, usually the turtles look exactly the same. And the only way you can tell them apart outside of their personalities a little bit is by the color of their masks, right? Here they differentiated them so much, giving one of them glasses, giving one of them, making one of them a little bigger, a little chunkier, like they, you could tell which one was which, even if they didn't. So by the end, when they kind of remove it, remove their mask, and they go to school, you can still still tell who's who. Now, granted, they're still color coded, but um, I think that uh, I think that was a true testament. And I also really, I wasn't sure how I felt about this when I left the movie about how because they change Splinter and the origins a lot. And I wasn't sure quite how I felt about. It. I love Jackie Chan doing the voice, but the one thing I do love is that the change that they made is that it's not Master Splinter; it's that they call Splinter Dad. Exactly. And every time they said that, it really touched me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I it really it really brought them together as a family as i don't think i've ever seen in this franchise before and i really kind of responded to that um you know father like they they didn't call him master splinter they called him father and i was just like that's that was that touched me a lot Uh, and the whole things about family and 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 of course you know protecting their children and i mean it's sort of very similar to uh some, uh, man, it's, it's very similar to, you know, Spider-Verse in a lot of ways. The the second Spider-Verse movie that we saw in terms of its themes and the parents trying to protect the children and the children wanting to go out and do the right thing, but you know, that kind of thing. So there's a lot of that. Um, Ashley, what did you think of the, the turtles themselves as characters? Like I said, this, or like you said, this is kind of your first foray really into doing a deep dive into the turtles um, each one has a unique personality. Each one has their own set of skills and what they bring to the table. Um, how did you how did you feel about that?
1: Yeah, this I was expecting in a movie to be fun. And I mean, obviously, visually interesting, but I was pleasantly surprised by how much I felt like I connected emotionally with the characters like they felt like they had some depth to them, even though this is a fairly short movie in terms of what we've seen from a lot of other geek movies this summer. And um, yeah, the family was one of my favorite aspects of it. I always loved the concept of found family. It's like a big theme in star Wars. I feel like, but these people that they aren't necessarily technically a family, but they come together and they make their own family. And I really liked the bond between splinter as the father. And then, the turtles as his adopted sons and i liked that the relationship wasn't really antagonistic like they wanted more freedom they wanted to go out and like fight crime but they also didn't want to like hurt their dad and they didn't want to like there was still a very close family feeling even though there was some conflict based on their different ideas of what they wanted to be and the dad wanting to protect them so i liked that it wasn't like they they weren't ever enemies but um that con the what they went through ended up bringing them closer together. And I love just seeing them kind of go through like the awkwardness of like teenagers, like first crush, things like that, like Mm -hmm. how awkward that can be. And, you know, just kind of like goofing off. Like, um, I enjoyed how they were like expected her to film everything. And she was just like, some of the things you do are just ridiculous. Like I'm, I'm not wasting my film on this. So it felt very like realistic to things like if you see a group of teenagers around, like we've all been there, we all went through that goofy, kind of awkward stage. And but yeah, I really, um, it was interesting to see them kind of get in over their heads as they realized, like, oh man, Superfly kind of is a world ending villain, and this is way more than we expected, and so yeah, I just really enjoyed them as characters and found myself sad. Like when the movie ended, like, Oh, I want to see more of these four. So based on the ending, I, and hopefully this one does decent at the box office, we will get some more of that story.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, yeah, it ends with, I think the last thing we see is shredder. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course, you know, he is to the teenage mutant Ninja turtles. I mean, he's their arch nemesis. Uh, He's used, some say, because some could say overused mm-hmm. uh, in almost every iteration of the Turtles. Um I was really, that's the other thing I was surprised by, how different their origin is in this movie that it didn't include Shredder from the beginning. And I do, I, now I'm curious as to how they're going to try to fit him in. Um, it's going to be, you know, if and when we see Shredder in as in a sequel it's going to be a much different i think iteration of shredder than we've ever seen before
2: oh yeah very much so and you know i'm glad we got to see him at the very end but it was it was interesting to see that and it worked really really well that it wasn't shredder in this movie and everything it's like i keep on saying the joker isn't the batman's only villain lex luthor isn't superman's only villain So there's other people out there and I thought the use of Superfly was awesome and everything. And when you thought that they beat Superfly and everything, and then he mutates even bigger and which was awesome. It was so much fun. And it's like, you know, all those Godzilla movies we saw. Well, we got in real life (laughs) and that it was, it was fun and. I loved how he kept on absorbing all the different animals into his body and everything. And so it was cool. And it was a neat, neat, fun film the way they did it. And like you, Mike, you know, I've, I've watched turtles since they started. And I remember in the, you know, eighties when they were first, you know, and they were the sensation. And I remember reading when like the first, first comics, did their first trade of them and you know, you know, then they had, you know, di- then he, they had all the different versions and it was shredder and then King. Well, it wasn't King, but it was the, uh, the aliens from dimension X, mm-hmm. the bad guys and everything. And then you had, of course, you know, then later you had King in the, in the comic, in the cartoon, because he was, it was, was shredder and everything. and, which got really silly, but it w- it was interesting the different ways they've done the turtles, and I think w- this was a nice mix between all of them and a more realistic. I keep on using that word for turtles, you know, but <laughs> but it 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 was a good good way to give them personalities, gave them a sense of honor, but also a sense of family, and you felt like they were they were brothers, and you felt like like you said that Shredder was the father and, you know, was the dad and they were going behind his back, but there was still a sign of respect there. And I love the flashback when, you know, the reason why he hates humans and everything. And, you know, when they, he tried taking the turtles up to the, you know, explore Times square and everything. And it was just like, it was interesting. It really was interesting. And, you know, there was plenty of subplots in this too. The whole thing with you know puking April and you know poor girl getting you know camera fright and man had loved you know poor girl, you know I was even a meme and they showing rainbow coming out of her mouth, and everything it was, it was just it was cool, and I liked the relationship she had with the turtles and everything, and it it was more realistic and you know, oh, could we not trust her? She disappeared, but she was actually going to get shredder and everything so. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun.
3: It yeah, really She started. was going to get Splinter. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I know what you meant. I know what you meant. Splinter. Shredder, Shredder. I, 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 you know what? I
1: always,
3: I always thought that that was weird having those two names be so similar because it, it did would get confusing. And yes, I've done that too. So I get it. Um, I'm kind of curious. Speaking of uh, bad guys, I, I'm kind of curious as to how you feel about. Um, because there were two characters that did not debut in the comics, but actually debuted on the in the 87 animated series and became pretty popular there um, that are in this, but they are not depicted as, well, I mean, they kind of start off at bad guys, but they're not really, and that is Bebop and Rocksteady.
2: I thought it was awesome. I thought it was awesome. I liked the whole crew that you know, Superfly had with them, and I liked how they all were like, we really don't want to kill the people and it was only Superfly who did. And you know, and I liked, you know, how, you know, Bebop and Rocksteady were part of that. And like I said, even they had more personality in this than we've seen before, which was pretty awesome.
3: Yeah, I thought uh well yeah, Seth Rogan, who is a huge creative force behind the scenes for this movie. He co wrote it, he co produced it, he did a voice. I mean, this is and You know, I'm a truth be told, when his name was associated creatively with this, I kind of backed up a little bit, too, because the last time I'd seen a movie that he co-created and was part of that was a franchise was Green Hornet. And I did not care for his interpretation of Green Hornet whatsoever. So I'm pleased to say that
2: none of us did go back to listen to that episode. Exactly.
3: I'm pleased to say that his input or his influence over this movie was way better than his influence on, on Green Hornet, which, uh, yeah, that's best left forgotten. But he was able to, I think because of his involvement, they were able to get a lot of recognizable voices in this. Maya Rudolph, uh, Jim Carlo Esposito, Jackie Chan, as we mentioned, Ice Cube plays Superfly, Paul Rudd introducing paul rudd oh of course funny. that's always funny uh um and uh seth rogan himself and, and other folks as well and i did the only person i didn't
2: that, see was john cena but that's normal
3: yeah well you can't see him it's just, you know, just you know just hear him that's
2: hearing. exactly so,
3: that's so it's best that way uh but uh yeah and uh there's tons of other voices used as well i think i saw i was in the credits i saw david fustiano Vestino like credited, and i was like wow who is he i haven't heard of him his name in a while um so uh i don't know if i don't think that the uh original creators had much to do as far as this version of it um but i think well uh peter laird is is kind of out of it now he's he sold his half of the turtles from from what i understand and and Eastman is the one who has been uh, pretty much creatively in charge as we talked to him a couple of years ago of the comics. Um, but I think here he was able to, uh, I didn't, you know, the only time I saw his name was during um, like the uh, concept created by or whatever created by um, their, those names. And I know he did a voice in this as well. So he kind of was, was tuned in, but um you know, so I, I do think that it's not, even though it's not like an officially, it's not officially uh, created by them. It's still, I think in that spirit, I, I don't feel like this is too outside of what the original comics were like. As far as that, it's a different style artistically, and yet the energy is there. It feels like, it, you know, when the when the comic came out, it was an indie comic. It was black and white. It was, yep. it was not part of major, like, and people laughed at the idea. They thought it was ridiculous, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was, and then it became, it was one of those things that you laughed at because, was, but then you read it and you were like, this is really good. And it's fun. And, uh, you know, it took over the world in a lot of ways. And then it, it spawned tons of imitators. But that original comic had that independent energy. And even though this is a major studio release, it feels like it's got independent energy. Uh, Any more on that, Ashley? You're shaking your head, so I'm I'm thinking... Yeah, no, I would
1: agree with that. Yeah, it felt fresh and exciting, even though, obviously, it's a franchise that has been around for a while. And, like, as soon as I walked out of it, it's like, this is what I want to see more of from Hollywood, like... If you're gonna do a well recognized property, do something new with it, like justify like why are you rebooting this or doing another version of this story and yeah, it felt um a little bit like an underdog, maybe going into the summer too with all these other big movies, and so I'm just really uh pleased to hear about how well it's done and hope that it will continue to do well because I think it really it really is a great. Um, film, and I hope lots of people get to see it.
3: You mentioned that you were uh, definitely on board for a sequel for this movie. Does it interest you enough that you're like, ooh, I should check out some other past incarnations of the Turtles as well?
1: Yeah, um, I don't know that I'm necessarily interested in like the live action ones that were done by uh, Michael Bay, I think it was like a year or two ago, but like having enjoyed the animation, I'm like, I would watch some more animated of these characters, which is probably not something I would have ever dived into were it not for this film so yeah i i find myself wanting to like experience more of this because i had a really fun time and it's like i want more of these characters and i want to see more of them and if the other some of the other uh iterations are as fun and uh humorous as this one then yeah i i definitely want to explore more
3: uh Mike, anything else about the movie that uh, draw your attention? What did you think of the the sound or the music uh, of the of the movie? I will say, um in my uh, I saw it on a premium screen. I saw it in a Dolby Cinema, in AMC, and which I usually uh love to do. I love those kind of premium screens that AMC has with their Dolby Cinemas. This was loud as f, like <laughs> loud mm. AF, like I mean. I I walked in during the previews and it felt loud already. I don't know if there was a studio mandate that said turn this up to 14 yeah. <laughs> or if um, because I did find that it was a little uh, overwhelming at times with my my experience watching it with the sound. Because uh, I was like, well, this is I don't know if I'm just old or this is just a, a lot to take in because the visuals were also pretty. Loud as well, if you will,
2: right? It's funny because I didn't see that at all. And I was literally the only person in my theater when I went to go see it. And I wasn't like bowed over by the sound or anything. So, and I thought the music was amazing in this. I thought it was very young, very youthful. Mm -hmm. And you got four non blondes. So, you know, we found out what's going on. So, again, no, again. Uh, um, yeah, it was fun. And, I definitely thought the music was great. I thought the dialogue was great. The voices were good. And I didn't feel like, you know, going to see a Christopher Nolan movie and going, eh, what's that? What's that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> that? But, you know, I didn't find that at all. It wasn't hurting or anything, but it was not like, you know, I didn't feel like, you know, the rumbling of the theater or anything like that when the music or was playing or the sound. So... It was just interesting. I definitely am looking forward to watching this one again because I know I missed stuff. There was just so much to see. And there were so many references to a lot of the older Mutant Ninja Turtle movies and comic books in this, you know, throughout, even in the credits. There were tons. So it was neat to see. I'm I'm looking forward to the TV series when it comes along because they've already announced it. And they've already announced that there is going to be a sequel. So, mm. so, you know, we have that already to look forward to and, you know, I'm glad it, it did well enough. I'd like to see it have legs for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. because it is getting a lot of good word of mouth, you know, for this, we actually had quite a few people who wanted to be on this episode, but we already had people lined up for it. And sadly enough, the storms ruined that for everybody. So, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun and I'm glad it's getting a good, lot of good mm-hmm. buzz. And, you know, I had to see that damn preview for that damn trolls movie again. And it is such a horrible looking film. And I'd rather the good quality of mm-hmm. this and anything beat out anything like that. And that's, That's a good testament for me to say about this film, because this movie I was not all excited about. And I walked in going, "Okay, it'll be, you know, 90 minutes. It'll be good. I'll be done. And I watched it and I was like, oh, I want to see this again. Mm -hmm. you know. And so it it turned me. So that's a plus.
3: Ashley, any sound issues where you were or.
1: No, it was it was all good. I did see it in 3D. Not 3D is not my favorite format, but just with the showtimes. Okay. I don't necessarily recommend watching a movie in 3D after you're coming off of a two-day migraine. That's kind of a trippy experience. <laughs> but
2: oh, um oh, oh, that must have sucked.
1: Yeah, but um I still enjoyed the movie and was very engaged with it despite the kind of weirdness of the 3D, but I think it really just um kind of showed off the animation and I think sometimes, unfairly, animation has a reputation of being like, oh, just for kids. But no, animation is an art form. It's for all ages. And I think, you know, there we can all think of examples of animations that are just like direct to DVD, just aimed for kids, kind of like the lowest common denominator. But I, with the success of this and like Into the Spider-Verse, I really hope that this is something people take animation seriously. We start seeing more of this type of storytelling because I think there's so many amazing things you can do with animation. It's such a unique art form. And this made me excited. I really want to see more of it.
3: That's, uh, that's amazing to hear you say that because, uh, I've always, just like with comics, I've always felt like they're not genres, they're mediums. And Mm -hmm. There should be room for all kinds of stories, mature, immature, yeah. <laughs> immature uh, you know, uh stories for kids, et cetera, et cetera. You know, um and it did it does seem to me that more adults are or yeah, more are becoming accepting of animated material um even this year. I mean, I think we have, um, uh, I mean, I know that a lot of adults went to see Mar- super Mario's because of the nostalgia factor. Um, and, uh, the spider verse movie, as well as I think elemental, uh, was not aimed at little kids. Um, it was definitely aimed at, um, all ages quote unquote, mm-hmm. but I mean, I think adults, there's a lot to appreciate with, for adults in that movie. There's some things that I think only really adults can appreciate in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, with the sort of rise of anime that's happening with a lot mm-hmm. of the streaming services, I think that I think we are seeing that um, uh, that uh, more and more adult material. I mean, it should be interesting to see. I mean, we've got it's not really animated, but we've got that movie Strays coming out, which is going to be our, uh, which has to do with um, it's it's basically voiced dogs or CG dogs or something like that. But it might yeah. as well be an animated movie. But it's mm-hmm. obviously going to be like a, we'll say immature mature <laughs> movie. <laughs> so I don't know. But I mean, I think things like that. Um, and I think the producers of this movie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem, I think are are not looking at this as like it doesn't feel like it's talking down to kids.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks
3: like it looks like it's well aware that this franchise has adult Mm fans because there are people that grew up watching this show, reading these comics in the eighties, in the late eighties. So, and (laughs) we're old now, (laughs) but we can still appreciate it. Um, Yeah. I'm glad that uh, the sound wasn't an issue for you guys. Like I said, it just seemed to really be uh, like uh, too much for me at some time, but I did appreciate the score um Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross again uh, I thought did an amazing job. I really appreciated their work on Soul for Pixar a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. this is completely different <laughs> but yet uh it just amazes me how much, you know, Trent Reznor is a great uh uh composer as far as uh, media goes. I mean, he's done some great work uh for for these um films and uh I you know it's like one of those things I wouldn't have expected you know when I was listening to Nine Inch Nails thirty years ago but there it is. Um, anything else about the movie, uh, Mike? Do you have anything else that uh, that uh, either good or bad about uh, this version of the turtles?
2: No, it was interesting because the animation style. It was interesting because it was the most realistic version of new york i've probably seen in a cartoon it actually felt like the last time i was in new york city it felt dirty and grimy and beautiful all at the same time and that's the joy of new york and it it had the feel and they captured it and that was the neat thing about it And, you know, I felt bad for the turtles, you know, having to walk through the sewers from Brooklyn all the way back into Manhattan Mm -mm. to get back to their dads. So it was just like, Oh God, because, you know, but it was, it was just, it was neat. It was a neat interpretation for it. Bravo for Seth Rogen for helping this be brought to life and for being, you know, the brains behind it, but the producers and the directors and the animators and. Such, you know, bravo, bravo for what they did, and they made, you know, Superfly when he mutated even more, truly scary, and you know, a hybrid. You know, he had the whale in there, and he had the all the small animals, and it it was really a lot of horsepower. Oh, yeah, like...
1: <laughs> just like a horse fall off the lake. Like that's not something you see every day.
2: Nope, exactly. It's like, oh, I can live without that horse. You know, it's like mm-hmm. so. And it was just, it was just interesting and I liked it. And, you know, you actually saw, you know, the turtles were getting crushed by them and you saw their turtle shells cracking. Oh, was like, oh yeah, that,
1: that was. was. And that was tough.
2: And, you know, and I, I just liked how everyone was working together and it, it worked really, really well. And then uh splinter's choice for partner. I can do without, but that's okay. That was just a little like ooh okay no I don't need to see that you know
3: yeah. yeah Splinter's need for uh romance was one of those things that I was kind of like wow this is new <laughs> I don't ever remember this being part of any other version of this franchise but you know it works in this I think and it um uh. Yeah. At some point I thought maybe Superfly's crew is too big. Cause there was a lot of them, but right. when and they turn on the turtles and you realize there's all these, there there's so many of them against them. It's pretty much, you know, two to one odds on them. Uh, and it's not people. I mean, it's right. mute other mutant creatures. It's like, wow, that, that was really impressive, uh, that they were able to survive that. And the fight sequences are really good, really well directed on that point. Um, I like the fact that I mean to Ashley's point it it even though I didn't see it in 3D it feels three dimensional. I mean yeah. it really looking at them they really felt like I thought at some points it felt like I was watching like claymation version of them. Oh, yeah. There, there
2: were times I actually thought it was they were the puppets for a little bit, you know, the <laughs> in the costumes, you know, it, that's how good it was and how smooth it was and it was it was just really well done. So bravo.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. And to your point also, Mike, I think that since day one, uh, Eastman and Laird, for some reason, since they're New Englanders, I don't know why, but they made New York a character in this franchise. And it's hard to imagine it taking like this franchise taking place anywhere else. Mm -hmm. I think New York has always been a key element of what makes the Turtles the Turtles.
2: Exactly. No, I agree completely with that, Mike. It is what makes the turtles and you
3: even got to see the
2: pizza mobile in this. So it was awesome.
3: <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. Um, anything that you'd like to see from a sequel? Ashley, I know you don't know the franchise very well, but is there anything that you're curious about you'd like to see followed up from this? I mean, we do see a demutinized superfly at the end, right? So he's not mm. completely gone. Uh he's just trapped in a little a little b a lot a little bottle. Um and we get a hint that the shredder is on its way. Again, I, I don't expect you to know like who that is or anything about that, but is there or anything else from the franchise, but is there anything you'd like to see followed up on this?
1: Yeah, really just um with sequels, like my main concern is always like don't lose sight of the characters. Like there can be the temptation to make this bigger. And have a lot more going on, but I hope they continue to keep the focus on the four brothers and their journeys as they go through, like, the awkwardness of growing into adults as they go through high school. And I would like to see more of them balancing, like, going to school with also doing this crime fighting on the side and um, how now that they're more involved in society like how that kind of works and if splinter is willing to go like up out of the sewers more so i would enjoy seeing more of that uh family dynamics but it was really nice to see the community kind of embrace them and accept them at the end because it's so it was sad seeing them like feel like they had to just live in the sewer like people rejected them just based on the fact like, oh, these look way different than we do. So it was nice to see them get accepted by the community and be able to fulfill that dream of going to high school. So, yeah, I hope that they just kind of continue on with that fun family feel and kind of teenage slice of life. And yeah, I think that would be fun to see.
3: Even though the movie starts off, uh, you know, we'll say down to earth uh, or down to under the earth um, in a way, um, you know, it ends with a big kaiju, like, you know, finale, big battle over the top. Um, I will tell you that in the franchise, there are many, 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 many over the top, huge, huge, huge storylines that are possible. Mm. And and to your point, it would be easy to see those as the next things happening. Whether it be some of the I mean some we're talking about aliens, we're talking about mm. time travel, we're talking about multiverse stuff, like the turtles have done it all um and and done it well in in a lot of iterations, and I think to your point, if they decide to go in any of those directions, I think keeping it close, the family um close at heart, you know again down to earth i think is is the key to making that work i think and staying true to at least this iteration of it.
1: uh, i'd say as long yeah. as they keep the heart of those characters i'm down for anything bring it on aliens multiverse all the above <laughs>
3: uh mike what about you is there any uh baddies uh that you're that you like in the franchise that you'd like to see come out to play here
2: well, we do have a new ba- group of baddies in the corporation, you know, who created the turtle, you know, the ooze. and well,
3: they they didn't create it, but they, they think they own it.
2: They own it. That's true, because the scientists created it. And it was interesting. I like the take on the turtles. I don't think we need to see an origin ever again.
3: No. But, Although, our,
1: aren't,
3: aren't baby turtles just adorable? Don't you want to see baby turtles whenever you
1: can? No. <laughs> flashbacks. Give me some flashbacks. <laughs> flashbacks,
2: as long as it's not an origin. We always say that now about the superhero stuff. Okay, we've seen Uncle Ben buy it so many times. Or we've seen Martha and, you know, you know Thomas or the other Martha and Jonathan. So we don't need to see all of them again. So, no, I, I'm glad we got it here because it was a different take of it. And it, it tied into the story, but I don't think we need to do that again. So I'll be very curious because, you know, like they showed that, you know, the turtles are wide open. They're not hiding from anybody anymore. They're going to public high school. They went to the prom. And so they're right I think there. that's in... a
3: new thing, too. I don't think they've ever really been this out in the open before. Mm-mm. No,
2: I don't think so. But I I think they were accepted, but I don't think they were out in the open like this. So. Mm-hmm. And I was part of me was also hoping we would get Casey a little bit, but you know, we didn't get any hint at him yet. So, yeah,
3: um, that is, yeah, Casey's my thought as well. I thought maybe we might get a little hint of him in this, maybe like, um, and uh, Ashley, for you, you probably don't know, um, Casey Jones is a character that is uh, pretty prominent in the franchise, uh, typically. He is, uh, a fighter, uh, that, uh, fights alongside him. He's sort of a fan by fanboy fighter at, at first, but, uh, he, he likes to wear a hockey mask and he fights with a hockey stick. Um, uh, and a baseball bat and a baseball bat. bat, and and a baseball bat. He, yeah. He's very sports oriented. Um, and he's also usually in a relationship with April. So whether or not we get sort of, uh, you know love triangle going on because uh i think um you know they set it up obviously that uh, i believe it's donnie right that uh is has a crush on april in this mm-hmm. uh so um which is interesting <laughs> i don't know what to make of that but i i don't in this universe hey if you know if it works it works um but uh but it would be interesting to see a version of Casey in this universe and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so. Yeah. It, it might have been his pizza. Wasn't he the pizza guy?
2: It could have been.
3: Yeah. I mean, I mean, in the, in, in the comics and everything, isn't he the pizza guy? Like he's, that's Region. his pizza truck. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would like to, to see, to see Casey in some point and, you know, I don't pretend to know all of their bad guys and all of their history, but, um, I do think, I do think the aliens is a fun concept that I would like to see kind of play out, especially in this kind of, uh, in this kind of animation style, because I think it could be really interesting. Um, uh, I can't remember what they're called, Mike, the, the aliens that sort of, um, they're in the middle of these bodies, right? They have, uh, yep. they they sort of these blobby things that are. Uh, they, they were the
2: Ultras.
3: Oh, gotcha! Yes, thank you, thank you. But,
2: but it's interesting because the big bad, the the female, her last name was Ultram. It was Cynthia Ultram, so oh. that's tied it in.
3: Gotcha, gotcha. So we may get some tie-ins there.
2: You might, you might not. It'd be very interesting because. She was just outright evil, you know. Yes, and they, she was the milker, so it's okay.
3: The milker, that. Yeah. But we don't have nipples, no. <laughs> we the advice usually milk and ice. Yeah, that, that was that was a that was a good joke. That was a good running gag that actually paid off. I, I did like that too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anything else about the movie before we sort of uh, wrap up our discussion of it? This. Uh...
2: It's worth going to see on the big screen, folks. It really, really is.
3: Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you haven't seen it already, you know, I know we spoiled it, um, in some, a lot of cases, but it really is fun. So mm-hmm. to see it for yourself, um, even with the spoilers, um, and it's fun for all ages. I think it's. I mean, Ashley, you tell me, but it's a fun introduction to the franchise. If you've never seen anything by with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I think it's a blast. And even if you are a longtime fan, I think it works. This is a new version that I think will you'll appreciate.
1: Yeah, it's a good it's a good starting point, even if you have just a passing familiarity with the franchise.
3: And this uh you know, um, and I would also, you know, suggest seeing it on the big screen. Um, because a lot of people wait for streaming and I think I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people are waiting, aren't waiting for this on streaming. I it would probably go to Paramount plus in a month or so because it's a uh, Paramount, uh, Nickelodeon property. Um, so I don't know. I mean, that I, I wish it would go to a better, <laughs> more popular streaming service <laughs> like Netflix or something first, because then it could get more eyes on it. But uh I don't know if the other versions of the franchise are on Paramount Plus or anywhere. Uh I have to look that up because I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure what the status on that is. Well there you go. But in any case, I think we all give it a thumbs up, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, very much so.
3: Just another just another I'll franchise. It it's Bunder, getting dude. a new a new uh <laughs> a new a new life um and uh and doing really well uh so and it's a very good version of it there's mm-hmm. uh so um uh so next up, I think we have uh an appointment with a uh a beetle that's blue, so we're gonna stick with that kind of weird <laughs> sort of <laughs> shellish um superhero genre, but um yeah, that's in a couple of weeks so so we're gonna be right back, and we're gonna close out.
0: Welcome to a Geek Girls Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this Geek Girl is talking about the new Dead by Daylight character, Nicolas Cage. So, Dead by Daylight, the horror video game, has always been great at having wonderful horror villains or survivors made for the game, as well as crossovers with movie and television. However, they have really made a great character for players to play, Nick Cage, Not him as a character that he's played in a past movie, no. Nick Cage himself as a playable character in the game. He has a few different phrases that he'll say while you're playing him and different outfits that you can dress him up in to have him in your game. And is out there and wild as you would expect. It's really hilarious to me to see him using his icon status to create this character persona of himself in real life. That he's using to be a playable character in a video game since, to me, it isn't such a weird thing because it really, really fits Nick Cage. Dead by Daylight is an asymmetrical game where four players are survivors who have to fix generators to escape through a door, but one player is a killer and is going around trying to find the survivors to hook and kill them before the door is opened. It's an incredibly intense and fun game to play, And being able to play as Survivor Nick Cage makes it rather fun in-game that can sometimes be spooky and grim, since it is a horror franchise. Dead by Daylight is available on PC and pretty much every single console to play on. And there's cross-console playing, so you can play with your friends, even if you're not playing on the same system. So PC players can play with PlayStation and Xbox players, and I think Switch as well now, which is really helpful for those of you who have friends that play other systems than you, so you can still play together, which is nice because not many games do that. Thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. I love that Star Trek does what adventure programs do. It's fun characters going on adventures, wearing colorful outfits, but it tries to be more than that. It tries to... Say something more about humanity and tries to encourage us to be better people. I
2: love that it gives a really positive and really hopeful view of the future.
3: I like that you never know what you get with Trek from Captain Pike to Picard to Captain Proton.
0: I like the Ferengi. Earth Station Trek, a show where we talk about Star Trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between.
2: So us going wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One Podcast. I want to thank everyone for joining us. Ashley, thank you so, so much for joining us tonight.
1: Oh, thank you. It's always more fun to go to a movie when I know I get to talk to the crew about it afterwards.
2: Anything you want to shout out about?
1: I just want to give a, a quick shout out to um, this most recent episode of Strange New Worlds. I am a huge fan of musical theater, and that episode was so fun. It, I feel like it was... It could have been challenging to get right, like you have to be over the top because of what it is, but yet there were also some authentic character moments, so it was just a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to listening to the soundtrack, and yeah, I just really appreciate it. Again, like trying something risky, a little bit different, but I think it paid off, and it was a lot of fun.
2: No, it was a lot of fun, and you know, I haven't seen anything like this since the Buffy the musical, so... I guess people will be doing this at midnight on at different cons around the country. For <laughs> that now. wouldn't surprise me.
1: That's awesome. I would be down for that.
2: That's awesome. Awesome. And Mr. Mike, we made it through another one, my friend.
3: We did. And as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? I do. Uh, it's hard for me to to think about the Turtles without thinking of uh, my good friend, Dave West, who's one of the biggest Turtle fans that I know. Uh, he uh, was on our show when we originally looked at the entire franchise, like seven, six years ago, whatever. I know he loved this movie, so um, I wish he could have uh, come on to talk about it. But um, I know that if he was here, the one thing he would want to plug is his big damn game show that's uh, that's, that's happening at DragonCon this year. Dave has a lot of fun uh, with putting this show together. Uh, This year it's on Saturday. If you're going to DragonCon, it's Saturday at 10 p.m. Uh, You'll have to check the schedule for the exact room and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I'd say if you've never checked it out before, uh, you'll have to get there early because a lot of times the the ballroom does sell, uh, well, fill up, I should say and uh but it is worth it it's worth the wait and it's worth checking out it's the big damn game show and we'll have a link for it in our show notes so you can find out more about where it is and all that sort of fun stuff
2: awesome that is cool stuff dave puts on a great show and you never know what's gonna happen at one of these things
3: that's true that is absolutely true
2: we've gone to a couple years and it it's always fun to do and you go afterwards and you after when you're leaving you're going what did we just watch half the time? So it's 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 a lot of fun. And he puts so much planning into it, too. It's not just like improv or anything. This is all planned out. But, you know, as any good project at a con goes, whatever you have planned, half the time gets thrown out the window anyway,
1: <laughs> which is awesome,
2: which is awesome. All right. My shout out real quick is to um, the 127 yard sale. Judy and I went away for the weekend with our friends Tyra and Shane for the second year in a row, and we did the 127-yard sale. For those who don't know, the 127-yard sale is the largest and longest yard sale in the country. It's just not one yard sale that, you know, find in the neighborhood or something. It is all along U.S. Route 127 from Addison, Michigan, all the way down into Alabama. It's just amazing where you can go with it and everything. It's it's just a ton and ton of fun. And we did it this year. We went from Cincinnati, Ohio, all the way down to Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we covered a lot of ground. We saw a lot of junk. But we saw some awesome stuff also. We saw some great stuff and met some amazing people. And we actually had our friend, Jessica Mathis, actually join us halfway through on Saturday. And so it was great. And we got us also see our friend, Anthony Taylor, who runs Monster Rama. And he and his partner, Carrie, um, were, you know, doing it the opposite direction. So we met in Cincinnati for the trip and everything. So it was great to be able to see friends and we made new friends along the way too. So you never know. And, you know, I almost walked away with a vintage Atari set you know ah. so, but they wanted a little bit too much for it and so you know i could you know for what they were asking i could buy the classic um with the games already built in for it on amazon for like 20 dollars left what the person was trying to sell it for and they wouldn't budge so, and that's the so thing
3: straight, like so they're not all just like dollar under five dollar bargains
2: Oh God! no, no no, no! there's a lot of metal yard artwork, which we're suckers for, mm. and you know there's old comic books there's books, there's music, there's glasswork, there's jewelry, there's you know wood um you know woodwork furniture and stuff like that. We were looking at this one coffee table It was one, uh, handmade and it had like the blue resin into the the wood and everything. it was gorgeous, it really, really was gorgeous. But it was really neat to see that you had all these different, you know, stands and everything. And no two yard sales were the same. And that's what was great about it. And there were, you know, just not people's houses. There were fields where and like fairgrounds where they were filled with over 100 vendors and such. And so it was like, you know, literally like a flea market also. And so it was it was a neat thing to do. And, you know, you could do it as little as you want or as long as you want. You know, people say, "Oh, we're going to make the whole route," you know, from Michigan down to Alabama. It's like, "Oh, hell no, we are never going to do that." But it's also over four days, so you know, it's from Thursday to Sunday. But we usually just do Saturday and Sunday. There's a chance we might do next year Friday and Saturday, and then use Sunday to rest because it's, it's <laughs> it really, really is tiring, and if it's hot and it's sunny out, it draws you out. So it was a lot of cool stuff. You can check it out, of course, on my personal page. I have pictures of what we saw. And no, we did not take a picture of every single thing that we bought. So, you know, we took pictures of other stuff. Because there's artists and there's just there's just so much to see. And yes, I did buy Funko Pops. So you know that was worth it too. So it was cool. And it was it was a neat experience. Check it out. 127. Yardsale.com is the website for it. So we definitely have that up in our show notes. So, folks, that is going to wrap up our episode. Thank you, as always, for listening. We really appreciate you. And you know what, guys? Mike and Ashley, I love going to see movies and being able to talk about it with you both. It's always great to do. One Thank day,
3: one day, we're going to see a movie together.
1: Oh, yes. We'll yes, all three of you us. we have to be. <laughs>
3: One day we're going to make when, that happen. When there's a, the
2: next in-person Star Wars movie. And, you know, that's when we'll all get together to see it.
1: Or like Avengers 15 or something, fighting Galactus and all that stuff.
2: <laughs> From your mouth uh no, never mind. Right. <laughs> so, all right. Thanks for listening to the Air Station One podcast. Remember, always remember, you couldn't do this without you guys we wanted you to support the podcast, check us out, please. We really would really appreciate it. We have some tons of great e s o network swag up on our t public store. Check it out. We've got new designs coming. we have of course, you know the new um you know not all who wander or lost t shirts are now out, and we also have some other cool stuff on the way, so definitely check it out. Also remember if you want to listen to the show before the rest of the world why not join into the ESO network Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. You could help support the ESO network. You could check it out at patreon.com slash ESO network. We want to hear from you. Please write us anytime at feedback at one.com. Remember you could also find our station one, wherever fine podcasts are found. And of course we're up on YouTube. So folks, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We would really appreciate it. And of course, as we always like to say at the bottom here, like and subscribe, like and subscribe. Come on, you've already made it to the end of the video, so come on, subscribe. You want to see what's going to happen on the next one? We'd really appreciate it on behalf of myself, of course, Mr. Mike Faber, Ms. Ashley Pauls, and Mr. Mike Gordon. Thank you for listening, and let's go grab pizza and go hang out in the sewers, guys. <laughs> dude. You've been listening to the Earth One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Our Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Tee Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. You have a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up.